And they call it Sunday with Macca. G'day Macca, Michael Gallus via Nukumbar Cattle Station via Melbourne, coming to you live from Islamabad, Pakistan. Over here as the coach of the AFL, Pakistan national men's and women's team conducting trials across. Today we're in Swabi, tomorrow we're in Multan, the next day in Lahore, the next day in Gujawala to choose the top 20 AFL players from men's and women in the country to take to the Asian Cup in Thailand on October 22nd. The talent, extraordinary potential and extraordinary passion and love for the game here in Pakistan. You'd never believe it. They speak English or you've got an interpreter or or what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, interpreter. They speak Urdu. I thought they all spoke Urdu and today in Swabi they speak Pashtal. So depending on which region I'm in, because I've been picking up a few of the Urdu words that we need. But it's the language of sport, isn't it, Maka? That uh, you don't need to speak the language of the people if you can show them what they need to do. Tell me, what do you eat? You said the food's fabulous. Today we're in Swabi, which is famous for its chicken kebabs. So we had chicken kebab with naan bread and rice. Pakistani omelettes every day for breakfast, which is like our normal omelette, but full of spices and chilli. Oh, Imagine I'm sitting on the toilet a fair bit, Macca. Every single person here in Pakistan loves Australia, and we need to start loving Pakistan back. Cheers, Macca. They tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. I will. Good morning. Welcome wherever you are. Lovely to have your company. It's uh, a wet one for most of New South Wales. Victoria's getting a lot of rain too. Rain in Queensland. Rain all over the place. A whiteout. Snowing in Adamidabi, and I assume it's snowing on the other side of the border too in the Alps around Falls Creek because it's cold as a cold front. Been hitting everyone, not raining everywhere, but cool and cold. But spring was ever thus, I suppose. But uh, gee, sick of the rain. I'm sick of someone should write a song about La Nina, girl, the girl, La Nina, the lady, La Nina. Hmm. Been around too long, hanging around too long. I've stayed around and played around this old town too long. Uh, on the program this morning, lovely while I live where I live. Uh, you'll meet uh, Johnny Nicole and his lovely wife Barbara. Um, plays the guitar, and he's been uh, yeah he's been singing and entertaining Australians for for many many years. Um, but my pet peeve, of course, is there's not many not many places where. Music and standards are played because a lot of people still like, you know, the standards I'm talking about when Sunny gets blue and, you know, polka dots and moonbeams and Gone with the Wind, you know, all those great, all those great songs, standards that people can interpret. The Wangaratta Jazz Festival is on soon, so that might be a place where you hear standards. I'm not sure. You'll hear it's jazz, jazz of all sorts, I suppose, at Wangaratta and, and musicians from all over the place. Uh, good morning, wherever you are. Lovely uh, to have your company. Your number? 1300 Um We heard on Sunday, says uh, Margaret and Bill Chestnut, they're at Inveraw. That's in Margate and Tassie. Good morning, Tassie. 
We heard your call on Sunday encouraging people to plant trees. You may be interested to know what we have done at Inveraw Native Gardens in Margate, Tasmania. We've planted over 12,500 Australian trees and shrubs since we took over this 22-acre weed-infested property in 2001. That's the other thing about this rain. I've never, se- I've never seen in me Holborn Natural so many weeds in my place, weeds that I've never seen before. And I, I suspect it's when the rain comes, seeds hatch. In the drought, weeds don't do nearly as well. I mean, some do. I mean, that's just I'm just generalising. But the weeds are everywhere, and the lawn sort of yeah, it's inundated. I've just oh, I was weeding in the rain. Remember the lady rang up and said that she said, oh, when I get blue or whatever, I go out and take it out on the onion weed. <laughs> anyway, back to Margaret and Bill at Inveraw in Margate, Tasmania. We, we had left Sydney and found our piece of paradise just 15 minutes south of Hobart, overlooking historic Northwest Bay. We love it here and so do the birds. We have 110 species. Our aim is to show people what they can do with natives. With that in mind, we run native plant workshops and have labels on many of the plants in the garden. You don't need 22 acres. If the best you can manage is a few pots and a balcony, the birds will find them. We're open for visitors and we have found that over time many more people are interested in gardening with natives. Well, I am too, I'll tell you. I love them. Uh, we'll, there you go, says uh, Margaret and Bill at Inveraw Native Gardens, Margate in Tasmania. Well, good on you. Good on you for planting trees. It's the way to go. I love it. We talked about frog, frogs this morning. We should do that more um, often. As I said, I, I love my frogs, um, but they've disappeared. Um, I thought I heard them about six months ago, or one of them. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens when... But there's a an app... It's an app, isn't it, called Frog ID. Go to the Frog ID. They want you to record them. The Australian museums right around Australia, museums around, around Australia, they want you to record. So you go to this app. Don't ask me about apps, but it's an app. Spelled A-double-P. <laughs> and it's called <coughs> Frog ID. And you can just go to your Frog ID, and I think you can record the call and send it into them, and they'll tell you because they're trying to see what's happening to frogs. Oh, there you go. Uh, g'day, this is Macca. Hello, Macca. Yep. Tim Tim here, ringing from Inniaba, a phone box in Inniaba, Western Australia. Oh, yes. How are you, Tim? Uh, I'm doing well. It's early, a bit cold, but I'm just going, getting up to go to work. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm a, an old, uh, retired, semi-retired medic at um, a mine site here, Luca, which has got a big plans for a down processing of mineral sands that they've been mining here since the 70s, actually. So when they mine mineral sands, they're mining the minerals in the sand. What sort of minerals are they after? Are they these, well, these precious minerals? Well, they're all minerals? the important ones they need for, for cyber la-la land, you know, the, yeah. the, the, for phones and heavy metals. and Batteries and things. Yeah, and they're hoping to get a processing system going in, in Iaba, which will benefit the local community here, uh, farming community, and um, hopefully... Uh, a, a big multi-billion dollar project is planned. Uh, well, it's, it's okay. It's all going ahead, actually. So, Tim, you're you're a um, retired doctor. Is that what you said? Or is that... No, no, no. Just a retired paramedic, or I was a paramedic. I'm not registered anymore, but I just an old old-fashioned medic. I come and stand by here to for the guys and girls working at the the site, and um, uh, we start at five five thirty in the morning. Uh huh. Five thirty, and you live in Geraldton. 
No, I live in Nirabup, in Perth, north of Perth, in ah. between Wanneroo and uh, Lancelin. All right, I but see. I, I drive up here uh, when the, when they need just every so often, and um, it pays a few bills. And I love visiting lovely wildflowers at the moment. And uh. Uh, I, the phone box business intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Because I've got a bit of a history with phone boxes from the 70s. Tell me. Um, when I first came out from England and used to work in Tom Price, I used to have to book a call at the post office, pay for it, uh, $2 a minute it was, and then be in the phone box about this time of the morning um, to ring England um, and talk to my family and, uh, and a girlfriend I had in England. Oh, I see. And, uh, the phone would ring at, at the allotted time, or 3.30 in the morning, uh, which was sort of in the early morning in England. And uh, that was my phone boxes were quite a nice place to go to early in the morning then. I think the phone box is an English invention, actually, uh, Timmy. Um, But um, there's not as many phone boxes. Uh, The box itself, you know, the box itself, um, the red box is an English invention. Um, but uh, there's not as many phone boxes. Uh, one of my correspondents sent me something about it. I haven't got it here at the moment. But, um, yeah, there's not as many phone boxes left in England as there was. But our phone, so, bo- our phone boxes are stands sometimes. Sometimes they're three-sided, and there's the occasional red one around the place. But yeah. they're, they're still mostly working now, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, in England, they're selling off the old red phone boxes. Again, I've got... Um, fond memories of them in England, but uh, they're selling. You can buy them, put them in your garden, and they're running little in the in the villages. They have little libraries for the kids in them and things like that. Yeah, yeah, all right. Quite a nice. Well, Timmy, uh, and how many people would they employ at this? Uh, who runs the Mineral Sands? What's what's the it's company? Eluka. Eluka is the company. I L U K A, and they uh, at the moment there's just a, a there's about fifty or sixty here, uh, and quieter at the weekend. But they're going to ramp up to six or seven hundred for the construction phase in the next few months, and then they'll have a, uh, some permanent uh, two or three hundred permanent jobs. So it's uh, quite a big, big plans. I wonder and if uh, Iluka is or, or Iluka. There's a town on the uh, coast of uh, New South Wales called Iluka, and they probably did some mineral sands work there in the early days because they mineral sanded. Um, much of the coast of New South Wales um, many, many years ago. I'm talking 50 years ago at least, probably more. Um, yeah, well, and, it, it and it started, was called Iluka. There's a town yeah. in New South Wales called Iluka. I'm not sure of that, Mick. I, I'm only sort of a contract worker for them, but um, they basically have been going since the 70s. They, they started mining here, surface mining here, in 75 or 76, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so they've been here a long, and they're rehabilitating a lot of the areas now, and then um, re, rebuilding a, a, a new, as I say, a, another facility for downstream processing, and they're going to use the metals and make what's needed rather than send it overseas, which is a, is a great, great thing. Well, I hope when they rehabilitate, they do better than what they, well, not this Iluka, but uh, Mineral Sands um, development along beaches um, was pretty um, problematic. They used a lot of imported uh, weeds, if you like, and now they've taken over no, a lot of the No, here the they've got a very hard-working rehabilitation group who I know well, and they have done a marvellous job. And to prove it, the kangaroos and the emus are in record numbers around here. There's, there's thousands of them. And I watch them every day. I do a circuit drive around. And the chicks following the dads and the mm. um, umpteen kangaroos. It's a very, very uh, 
if they're any judge of, of them rehabilitating, well, it's, it's, they're a good judge. <laughs> well, good on you, Timmy. Great to talk to you. Thanks for the information. It's always nice to know what's going on around the place. Nice to talk. And thanks for your program, Macca. It's a marvellous show. Th- I've been it. listening to it since you started and uh, all you, over mate. the world, all over the world, and it's fantastic. Thanks, good on you. Thanks, Timmy. Hang, you, hang, you hang on there, uh, Timmy. Will you hang on? We'll, we'll do. Got a prize. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, mate. All the best. Thirteen hundred seven hundred triple two. That's the number. G'day, this is Macca. Hello. Hello, Macca. Yep. Hello. Hi, Macca. Yeah, it's Craig calling from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. How you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Craig. What's going on? Good, mate. I uh, just thought I'd give you a quick ring. Um, I've been over here for a little bit of a little bit of time now, around fifteen years, oh. and. Um, yeah, we're coming up to that time of season where it's, um, you know, Halloween season, um, you know, and the, the Americans go crazy for it over here. And I, I just thought I'd share a couple of things with you on um, kind of what we do and um, a, a few events that they have going on. I was just at Woolworths uh, last night, actually, walking past Woolworths, and they had a big bin full of those pumpkins. So that's uh, it's taken off here to this the... Celebration of uh, um, Halloween in Australia. Um, so you carve the pumpkins out and stuff like that. All that—it's an English tradition, of course, isn't it? I think it is, mate. Well, yeah, is, I, yeah, I believe it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I um, we live um, about fifteen minutes from a city over here called Anoka, and they call that the Halloween capital of the world. And I, I guess it was the first city in the United States to have a Halloween celebration. Uh, and that was in 1920. And they've had it every year except for 1942 and 1943 when World War II was taking place. Um, so it's kind of, a, kind of a big deal. Yeah, there you go. So why, why did you go to um, uh, America, Craig, to Minneapolis, Minnesota? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I met my wife traveling when I was in my 20s and um, we lived down in Wollongong for about 10 years. And then, we, you know, we kind of toyed with the idea of maybe going back over and trying it out over the U.S., you know, she could be kind of with her family. And, um, mate, you know, 15 years has gone by and we, we kind of made a go of it over here. Well, that's, that's good. It's, uh, I know Minnesota can be a cold sort of a place too. Yeah, it's um, we get some some really harsh weathers, you know. Um, you know, winter will probably kick in around November, and you know, from January, February, and March, you're probably looking anywhere from minus ten to minus twenty for, for those months. Um, and, and we have a lot of lakes in Minnesota. They call it the land of ten thousand lakes, and a really unique things happen. So these lakes freeze, and they they freeze of about ten inches, twelve inches of ice. And people go ice fishing on them. So they drive all their vehicles onto the ice and they set up little houses for the winter. And they and they have holes in the uh, floor of the ice house and they drill a hole down there with an auger and they fish. It's, it's a really big thing over here, ice fishing. So that's fresh, um, wa- that's fresh crazy water. That's freshwater. That's freshwater. Yeah, that's freshwater, Macca. So yep. what, what sort of fish do they catch? 
Uh, they, they call them panfish. Um, they ca- catch um, sunfish, um, some perch. Uh, and, and the fish of Minnesota is called a walleye. And I believe it's some type of pike. Um, really good eating, um, very mild, fleshy taste, kind of like cod. So that's, that's, the, um, that's the fish they all like to, to try and catch. Um, yeah. So there you go. So no thoughts of coming back to Australia, Craig? I don't think so, Macca. Um, geez, I, you know, the cost of living in Australia, when I look at the, the price of housing and things like that, I, I don't know if I could afford it, Macca. It's just, <laughs> it seems it's really taken off, hasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know if taken off um, the right word, but I know what you mean. But, yeah, it's very, very expensive. And it, you, we've got inflation like you, but probably not as bad as you. But, I, you know, who knows the real, the real inflation because, you know, we get a figure, but, yeah... Normal, ordinary, everyday Australians, they, uh, they just uh, scratch their head when they look at the, uh, you know, the prices they pay for things. And I don't think the inflation rate, the official inflation r- rate reflects what actual um, ordinary Australians are going through. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's something else. We're, we're dealing with it over here as well. It's, um, yeah, everything, price of gas over here is crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, once right. it gets up to that certain prices, yeah. Well, thanks, Macca. Good talking to you. I yep. love the show. Thank um, you, Craig. And, uh, yeah, keep Sunday. keep listening on Sunday morning. I hope you're winter, but uh, maybe you'll get a cold winter, but maybe you'll get a milder one. I don't know. But uh, Minnesota, I've always heard of Minnesota and blizzards and, yeah. So um, rug up, mate. Get yourself a nice Australian wool thanks, jumper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good on you, Craig. See you, mate. Bye. G'day, this is Macca. G'day, Macca. It's Danny from Dalesford. How are you? I'm good, Danny. Is that... That's not... That's Danny from Dalesford. The the Danny. Uh, It's the the T-shirt request calling. Not from a phone box today, but uh, just about to pick up my son from his gym workout, so... He's been out and about early while I've been home inside. A cold cold morning this morning, one, two degrees down this way, Mucker. In Darsford, yeah, well, there's a whiteout down in uh, Adam Interby. Uh, it's snowing down in the snowies and probably in the uh, in the Alps as well, as you said. That's that's cool in Darsford. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Danny, and Danny rang me how, when, a month ago, two months ago? Two months ago. Yeah, a couple months ago now, Mucker, yeah. And uh, we had a yarn about this, that and the other, as we usually do here on Sunday morning, and... Um, then, because he was in a phone box, I said, and we don't give it to all people in phone boxes now because we just run out of presents. But um, because he was in a phone box, one of the, I said, uh, Danny, we're giving a present to those who call from a phone box. Um, would you like a book or a? Uh, we've got a vinyl, lovely vinyl made at Abbey Road. I said, would you like one of those? And he said, uh, he said, you haven't got a, you haven't got a t-shirt, have you, Mecca? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we didn't have a t-shirt. We didn't have. We don't have a t-shirt. We've never. We've never had a t-shirt. So, hot time you did. Yeah. So <laughs> after after um after you rang, we sat down. We had a debrief, as you do after the program. We had a debrief. How was it? You know, Dudley Dum was it good for you? All that sort of stuff. And and Lee said, "Look, why don't we do a why don't we do a t-shirt?" And I said, "Yeah, but what would we put on it?" Anyway, we called in our our um friend Michael, Michael Sherman, who used to work um, 
not at the ABC, but he used to do work for the ABC, designing album covers and book covers and all sorts of stuff. So, and we worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and came up with a design and we got it printed and we got it and it's Australian made, Australian made T-shirt because I thought, sure enough, if we if we do a T-shirt um, and somebody says, hey, Macca, you know that T-shirt you got, it's made in China. Um <laughs> So we we hunted around and we found a T-shirt mob that made T-shirts here in Australia and then we got it printed and it's done, Danny, and you're going to get a freebie, mate. Um, we're gonna, what we're going to do is sell the T-shirt for the flood relief, um, I think, in, in case we have, you know, in case the flood goes and we start having a drought again or bushfires, you know what I mean, but we're just, we're raising money and I don't know, we'll give it to the CWA or something like that or to Rotary or whoever. But, um, Danny, you're going to get a freebie, mate. We'll send one to you. What size do you reckon you'd be? Oh, I reckon if they're Australian fit, I'd be a large. Um, but but uh, on the freebie, Marco, certainly let me know which charity is you're, you're going to promote because I'll send a donation. So I'll accept the T-shirt as a freebie, but right. I'll give a donation uh, afterwards. Uh, so you reckon you're an L? I reckon I'm an L, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm an L in the chest and an XL in the belly. <laughs> well, you better get an XL because I don't want you to. No, 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 I'm definitely an L, Marco. It's all good. You're definitely an L? Yeah, I'll breathe in. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for that, mate. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll take your word that you're. That, I'll take your word that you're an L. I can't wait to see the design. I know there's a lot of callers uh, making suggestions, which makes it very difficult as to, you know, who to please, who to satisfy. But um, it sounds like the, the – who was the gentleman you got to design it? Uh, Michael. Michael, yeah. Well, we went back and forth. We, we, we he'd, he'd do a – it's how you go through things. Like uh, I said, we've got to do a T-shirt. He said, all right, well, leave it with me. I'll come back with some. So he'd, and he sent that, and I'd say, yeah, I don't like that, but I like that. And uh, So it went back and forth for about two weeks. And we finally, you know, as it, we finally came up with a, a thing back, back and front. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, well, we like it. And, and I think people will like it too. So, um, and it's for a good cause. That's the main thing. So, uh, and it's all because of you, Danny, because if you hadn't said, you haven't got a T-shirt, have you? Um, <laughs> well, if you, you don't ask, you don't, you don't know, okay? Hey, what was, uh, I know it's the ABC, but, um, but what was the name of that Australian T-shirt manufacturing company? That's good. That's a good question. What was the name of the T-shirt? Um, what was their name? I'll, I'll keep listening. I'll let you know. Um, yeah, I think uh, we all should know that one. Yeah, but um, um, no, I don't know. I don't. I do know. Qual- was it Quali Tops or something? I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, Quali-top. look, look um, we'll we'll find out for you, Danny, and uh, let you know. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I've been thinking about getting my own T-shirt made up. You know, when you go into the shops and, you know, they're always saying, would you like a bag with that? Would you like a bag with yeah. that? I've got, a, I've got a catchphrase I use now. Yeah. And I always say, no, no, give it to someone who doesn't care. Yeah, my, my, I've got a phrase too, and I'm, I'm, I've got my own T-shirt too, which just says, uh, disregard previous T-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. I can see why you're on the air, Mac. You're a, you're a scream. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, it, I'm not, it, I'm not, I don't get any laughs at home, mate. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Danny, have we, have we got an address for you? Uh, 
Um, I think Lee has. She's got my phone number. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm going to get out around the traps today and have a look. There's a bit of water flowing. So there's a couple of little water falls around Dallas, Trentham Falls and Sailors Falls and the blowhole down in Hepburn might be might be gushing out. So good day to get out and about because the rain's gone for a little while. So get some vitamin D and some fresh air. And yeah, I thought when you, love- you exactly. I thought when you said you go around your traps, um, you're thinking talking about rabbits, but no, your traps meaning the places you go to around the no, traps. No, but you're that time I stopped on my bike in Brimbank Park and netted a few holes with that. Um, with that rabbiter who was there, yeah, that's right. Years back now, yeah, but uh, I've never, I haven't seen him since. But yeah, I wouldn't mind getting out and netting a few holes. It was a, it's a good pastime, in, you know, in the old days. But you never, never know when they've been poisoned or got mixer or something or other nowadays, or you know. So if you try to get a buck in the in the butchers, uh, apparently they're exorbitant prices. Yeah, and and isn't it amazing that I just thought that's where that saying comes from, you know. And it's probably a saying that nobody ever used, but uh, when you ask somebody where they've been or what they're doing, oh, just just been round the traps. Meaning, meaning, yeah, it's an yeah. old it's an old rabbiter's term. But uh, you know, went out into the broader community. Oh, just been round the traps. I uh, meaning yeah, round the rabbit true. traps. There you go. Round look yeah, at your traps. Another, day when, we, another you, day when we've got a bit more time. I'll tell you a joke about rabbit traps. <laughs> all right. Um, but look, you stay on the line, and Lee will give you get your address and. Um, let us know what you think of the. I hope I hope you like it after all oh, this. God help me, mate. I'll I'll love it anyway. It's the thought that counts, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well uh, if you hadn't said that, Danny, there'd be no t-shirt. And uh, anyway, there you go. All right, good. Well, good no, mate, mate. You hang on there, and uh, I'll uh, talk to you soon. I will. Yeah. G'day, Pete in Albury. G'day, Pete in Albury. Uh, it'd be wet down the Aubrey too, you know. It's, it's a lot of water. It's water all over the all over the land, Danny, in Victoria yeah. and New South Wales. Yep. Anyway, good on you, mate. Everything's swollen, Macca. Everything's swollen. Exactly. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you, mate. See all ya. the best. Catch you next week. Bye. This is the All Over News. This is the All Over News. It's your news. So a little housekeeping, things that people have sent in that you need to know. This is from Jenny Artis. She says, we're just letting you know in that the Hume Dam has let go. That's the word she used. It's let go because of all the water. Just been to see it and it's spectacular. We did our program in Wodonga. Oh, look, must be 20 years ago at least. And they just let some water go from the Hume Weir, causing minor flooding. As one local said to me, uh, we call it the bureaucrat's puddle because they didn't need to do it. But anyway, I suspect there's been so much water, but the Hume Dam has just let go. Spectacular sight, says Jenny Artis. I'd love to see that. And there's a number, any number of dams on the East Coast that are overflowing. Speaking of water, Ron Poulton says, Ian, the Tamora Warbirds Down Under Festival has been cancelled, was due to be held on the 15th and 16th of this month, now cancelled due to venue being waterlogged. And from the chairman of the Bogan Gate, you'll find it on your maps, 125-year celebration, after long discussions for the safety and well-being of all those involved, we've made the very difficult decision to postpone the Bogan Gate 125, which was this weekend, due to weather conditions. And that's happening right round the place. Now to Flinders Island and our correspondent, Betty Grace, 
Betty lives in Launceston, but she's a Flinders Island original. And she says, just spent two weeks on the island to give my eldest son, who's a farmer there, some time off for a break. The island has had a lot of rain. Paddocks underwater will be a great spring season, unless it keeps raining, Betty. Been a very brisk winter here in Launceston. Any number of frosts, wind and rain. My grandfather always said, as the days get longer, the winds get stronger. I'd also like to let you know, Ian, that 50 years ago, on the 19th of March 1973, the island community buried a metal box as a tomb in front of the Flinders Council building. Next year, 2023, on the 19th of March, the tomb will be dug up and opened. It'll be on a Sunday, and it would be great if you and your program could be there too. I'd love to go back to Flinders Island. We'll have to see what happens, Betty. I've been told that many families from the past are flying over to the island to gather their family items that have been buried in the tomb. I can't remember what I put in, says Betty, but my two boys were only five and two years old. From Flinders Island to PNG, from Phil Brown, he says, there's a reunion being organised for ex-PNG workers next month, Saturday, November the 5th at noon, a luncheon gathering at the Victoria Hotel in Woodend, Victoria primarily organised for the KIAPs, admin field officers, also known as patrol officers. But we welcome anyone who has worked in PNG, ag officers, teachers, medicos and mission workers. As our numbers are thinning, I'm the youngest ex-KIAP at over 70, says uh, Phil. We're hoping to catch up with as many of our friends and fellow pioneering types as possible. That's the 5th of November, Victoria Hotel in Woodend. And while we're in PNG, the National Servicemen, Nashos and regular servicemen who served in PNG prior to their country's independence in September 1975 are invited to a reunion on the Gold Coast at Broadbridge, 17th and 19th of October, to meet up, exchange stories and remember former times. That's at Broadbridge Bowls Club. <laughs> to Bendigo and the Australian National Shearing and Wool Handling Competition will be held Bendigo Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd of October. Teams from all states will compete in individual and teams titles with the top three shearers and two wool handlers taking on New Zealand in the Trans-Tasman events. We went to a national shears in Esperance, I don't know, it must have been 15, 20 years ago. It was great. It was great fun. It's wonderful to see. They are as good as any elite footballers or cricketers. They are just the best. That's Bendigo at the 21st and 22nd. Get along and have a look at that. And while you're in Victoria... The National Carrot Cake Contest. Now, we haven't heard of that for two or three years, but we went to one of those. There were carrot cakes as far as you could see, but Annette Frew says, I've been handed the baton from Rosemary Mowat at the sale show, and I'd just like to ask you, Ian, if you could let your listeners know that entries close for the Carrot Cake Competition, 3pm Friday, the 14th of October. Just go to saleshow.com.au and you'll find and you click on online entry. There's big money involved in this. I think it's thousands of dollars and there's various categories. I think professional and amateur, there's adults and children. And the best carrot cake I've ever tasted, well, no, it's really the best cake I've ever tasted, was a carrot cake at the sale show, I don't know, must have been 15 years ago. It was just soft and delicious. It was like a sponge. It was the best. That's the sale show this year on the 28th, 29th and 30th of October. Uh, this is the All Over News. Wherever you are, you can ring us, 1300 700 222. It's your news. Uh, g'day, this is Macca. Macca, good morning. My name is Fitz McKay and I'm the Secretary <clears throat> excuse me, of Can Assist, Cancer Assist, 
All right. assistant Stubbo. Mm -hmm. And I was out walking, which is why I'm puffing, when I heard <laughs> your T-shirt story. All right. And I'm, I'm always trying to raise money for Can Assist. We represent Dubbo and to Lightning Ridge, which is a lot of people. Yep. Um, we, we started, Canisys was started by a doctor from Orange who had nowhere for his wife to stay in Sydney when she got cancer. So she bought a house in Sydney. He bought a house for cancer sufferers from the bush. Well, that has now morphed into 55 branches, which uh, quite a lot of these towns like Orange and Dubbo have cancer wings now. Mm. So most people stay locally. In, um, in villages that are built specifically for that, not-for-profit places for people to stay if they need it, like if you come from Liking Ridge. And we raise money. We're totally not-for-profit. Every cent we raise stays in our town. We have a city office, which is independent, but audits us. And we have people requesting, for example, from Liking Ridge, if they have to come for treatment in Dubbo, um, fuel, because a lot of people have no fuel to get to their treatment in the beautiful new wing we have. Mm -hmm. We have requests for food. We have requests for pharmacy, rates, phone, and so on. And that is, uh, these, <clears throat> these people are recommended to us through a referral from an oncologist of people of extraordinary need. And <clears throat> our branch, of which most of us are quite elderly, raise money to try and cover these needs of these people and when i heard your t-shirt story i leapt on the phone <laughs> and thought here's here's something here's, to can assist here's, well fitz i'll see what i can do uh, your, your your story has touched me deeply as somebody said once but but i will um will um uh we're just it's all get... true it's on, on we're on the internet you look at it we have a facebook dubbo can assist plus head office has um their own facebook and we have to raise an extraordinary amount of money every year to help these people. Well, we, have we got your number, uh, Fitz? Yes, I think the lady who uh, took the call. Yep, she's, uh, she's, the lady is nodding. She, she's, she's nodding. nodding can, she's nodding. <laughs> so we'll get in touch with you, Fitz, but I'd love to help you. I'd love to help uh, as much I as would, we can. And, and uh, well, just think, of, as I said, we go to the border. It's, we are very bush. <laughs> which is your program. We yeah. are as bushy as anything you can get. Well, uh, Fitz, tell me this. Is it you got rain in Dubbo? Did we have rain? Um, yes, but um, I live on a hill in Dubbo and the rain washes away. But I come from out west at a place called Warren. Yeah. And I know Warren at the moment is wall-to-wall -wall water. It's a, it's a, um, uh, there's rivers out there, the Bogan, Macquarie, uh, the Castle Ray, and so on. But there are a million little creeks which are dry most of the time. Yeah, but then... when you get this sort of weather, they oh, fill yeah. up, overflow, and join up. Yeah. So now you have an inland sea out there virtually. Fitz, um, uh, and it's very, very difficult Fitz for will people be in... with their crops. Quickly, tell me about Fitz. Tell me, Fitz. Oh, my maiden name was Fitzpatrick, and I married a, a Mackay, so an Irishman married a Scots. There you go. A Scotsman, and we'll... there you go. And... Thank I was Fitzpatrick, so there I'm. I'm now Fitz. Thanks for breaking into your your run, uh, and we'll be in touch. Good on you, Fitz. Lovely, thank you. Bye bye. See you bye. Uh, on the line. Good morning. G'day. This is all over news. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Ian. How are you? Good, it's thank John you. John Hocknell ringing from the 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 PNL cruise liner Pacific Encounter, just turning left into Simpson Harbour. 
docking in Rabaul in about an hour's time. Oh, there you go. Now, tell me about uh, yourself, Papua, John. Papua New Guinea. Uh-huh, yep, yep. Yeah, very good. This is the, the, the inaugural cruise back to Papua New Guinea following uh, uh, two years of, of uh, not doing anything. So uh-huh. um, the ship's full of, of happy travellers. Yeah, and you're going... Tell me you about you and um, PNG. You wanted to tell me a story? Yes, we're, we're trying to make contact with as many people as possible or families of the 88 patrol officers that died in Papua New Guinea between 1878 and 1978. Um, the, these uh, patrol officers, or KIAPs as they're called, um, served the Australian government uh, by uh, exploring the country and uh, doing a lot of uh, dangerous things, and mm. uh, they've uh, unfortunately been totally forgotten. And we're looking at trying to establish a memorial to the Kiaps that, that passed um, in Canberra sometime in the in the near future. Um, near future could be two years away. But um, we we don't have the the details, or we know who died, but we don't know have any family details. So if there's anybody out there, or from the families of patrol officers that died in Papua New Guinea, um, we'd love to to hear from them. And uh, who's we? How uh, how would they get in touch with you, John? Well, the the best would be to email, and and it's Kiaps K I A P S Kiaps. Memorial, Kiaps Memorial, all one word, at gmail.com. That's easy. Uh, and were you a Kiap, yep. uh, John? I was a Kiap, yes. I was I was a Kiap during the 70s, just before, during and after independence. So that's when the Kiaps and, finished. Um, Kiaps the, finished, did they, in in, in 78? When, when was independence? 78, 79, wasn't it? So 75, 75 was independence. The Kiaps were ex- given extended contracts through with the Papua New Guinea government, and some Kiaps stayed there until the early 80s. In fact, there's some of them still working there, helping the mining companies wow. and resource companies in their community relations. But um, and some, uh, I suppose, some the, of them, uh, were, some of the Kiaps were killed during the war, the Second World War. I suppose were they? Uh, during, during the Second World War, what happened was that uh, some Kiaps went off to be course watchers, some Kiaps actually joined the military, and some Kiaps became part of the administration, and they were the ones that, that hired the, the uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels to go over the Kokoda Trail. Uh, we've just been to, two days ago, we were in Alato, and the, the wharf in Alato during the war was... Uh, the supervision of building the wharf with 800 labourers uh, was a key app that was uh, taken from his uh, normal patrol officer duties to be put in charge of building the wharf in Alato. There you go. So that address is Kiaps. So had... Sorry, sorry. That your address is yep. Memorial at gmail.com. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And you're on board. Yeah, and that will bo- get through. What boat are you on board now? I'm on board the. I'm on the Pacific Encounter, and uh, there are probably just over two thousand guests on board, and two thirds of them have never been to Papua New Guinea before, and uh, half of them have never been on a cruise ship before. So it's been very interesting, 
very very interesting time. It's quite amazing that Australia doesn't appreciate that their next door neighbours are Papua New Guinea, and uh, when they actually go and see their next door neighbours, and they they um, they turn up in a country that's that's uh, more black people than they've ever seen before in their lives, and they they get a little bit of cultural shock. Uh, yeah. Australians are cruising. Gary rang us from Tahiti. He's on a, the Majestic Princess, I think, and he said uh, they're, most of them on board are wearing masks, um, except the Americans. Yes. <laughs> is, is, that, is that the story <laughs> well, there with you? That's oh, just moving from place to place on board, you, you, you keep a mask on, but in most times you're actually eating or drinking or talking, yeah. so you take the mask off. Uh, John Hocknell, great to talk to you. That's Scottish, is it? I can. You got a little Scottish brogue there, is that right? I I I, I left I, I left Scotland when I was fifteen. Yeah, but you didn't. Le- I'm a little bit older than that. No. <laughs> you didn't leave your brogue with uh, behind. You brought it with you. Good on you, John. Great to talk to you. Um, we'll talk again. Where's home for you? Uh, we live in Brisbane. All right. And, okay. Uh, we'll try and... we, we actually, my wife and I, my wife and I are, are taken on board ships to to talk about Papua New Guinea. All right. Good on you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Oh, good on you, and thanks very much indeed. Bye. Hello, Macca. Yep. My name's Gary, and I'm uh, calling from Tahiti. What are you doing there, Gary? I'm on a cruise with my wife from Vancouver to Sydney on the Majestic Princess. Oh, wow. From Vancouver to Sydney. Yeah, that's, that's a long way, Macca, and there's a lot of ocean in between. So, yeah. So, uh, how, But, no, it's a trip of a lifetime. How long have you been on board? I mean... Uh, I don't know, Macca. seems like forever. Uh, maybe two weeks, three weeks. Uh-huh. Two weeks. And so that's a cruise. It's not just a trip you wanted to get from Vancouver to um to to Sydney. So you got a boat rather than catch a plane. This is just a cruise, is it? Well, yeah, it's a one-way flight over to Vancouver and a relaxing trip backwards. Uh, on the cruise that went Vancouver, LA, Hawaii, we're in Tahiti. Then we go to New Zealand and then Sydney. Uh huh. So three weeks on board. I think I'd go mad. But anyway. Oh, there's plenty to do. You can get off the boat. I'm going into Tahiti today, and I had a look yesterday where Captain Cook landed on uh, Tahiti, and that was fantastic. So, yeah, a bit of history involved, too. That's where he got speared, wasn't it? In Tahiti? Was it in Tahiti he got speared? I I think he got... No, I think that was in Hawaii. Tahiti lost his uh, equipment to look at Venus or something, they said, on the trip. But yeah. Oh, right. But yeah. it's a be- beautiful island, French, so everyone here speaks French, Uh they don't understand the Australian lingo, but anyway, we nod our head and try. Yeah, just say oui, non, uh, bonjour, uh, au revoir. Yeah, <laughs> that's hello, goodbye, and uh, yes, yes and no. Pretty easy. <laughs> but the, we- the weather here, Macca, is about 25 degrees, no rain, fantastic, compared to uh, Bendigo at the minute. We're hearing it's raining nearly every day. Yeah, it's raining uh, all over the world, it seems like it's <laughs> Certainly, yeah, a lot of rain in uh, New South Wales, a lot of rain in Victoria, a lot of water on the ground in places, uh, Queensland, uh, there's been rain everywhere. Guys, uh, tell me, do they wear masks over there? You're wearing masks on the cruise or what? Yeah, we are, we are wearing masks on the cruise, Macca. That's, uh, it's uh, mandatory, except if you're an American. Uh, the Americans uh, don't seem to have to wear the masks or they refuse to wear the masks, which one I don't know. But, uh, no, a lot of... Um, 
there are people not wearing masks. We get tested every before we get into any ports. We have to have a rat test or what have you. Even I, I believe there's a few cases of COVID on board. They don't they don't tell you a lot. There's a there's a wing that's locked off for some COVID cases, but. Um, if you abide by the rules, wash your hands and wear a mask, I think you're fairly safe. Well, that's the that's the theory, isn't it? Yeah, I just I noticed on the news the other uh, today this morning actually that there was a uh, there's uh, another crackdown in uh, I think Shanghai to try and rid the world or rid Shanghai of COVID. I mean, they're still they're still after the zero uh, COVID policy there, so it's interesting, isn't it? Hello, is he there? Yeah, I'm still yeah, there, Mac. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. listening to you. Yeah, no, yeah, zero COVID in Shanghai. They're still doing that, and um, so yeah. Well, the Tahiti government at one stage wouldn't let us off the ship, so that was a bit interesting. But they um, must have persuaded them that there was three thousand tourists ready to spend their money, so they did let us off eventually. All right, guys, good on you, mate, uh, and uh, have a safe trip. You'll be back in Australia what in a couple of days, will you? Uh, no, about a week and a half, Macca. Oh, wow. Still more cruising. Still more cruising. But we knew it was Macca time, so I thought I'd give you a ring. Oh, good on you, Gaz. Nice to talk to you, mate. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your trip. I think I'd like to do it. I'd like to travel overseas but by boat, but not on a cruise, just on a boat, you know, just, uh, yeah. Well, there was a big sailboat here yesterday. It was, uh, it was one of those modern steel sailboats that had... The big um, mask and that on it—it it was amazing. Looked amazing. Thanks for the report, that Gary. Thank you. Bye. Good on you, mate. Bye. Gary Maker, it's Brenda here from Mount Warrigal, uh, suburb just on the south of Wollongong. How you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Brenda. Um, I rang, tried to get onto you last week because uh, a lady rang in talking about the wonderful frogs that she'd been. Um, listening to, and there's a citizen science project being run. I'm not a part of it. Well, I'm a part of it because I'm one of the citizen scientists. Um, (laughs) But it's being actually run by the Australian Museum and all the associated museums in all the different states. And like years ago, they used to use the canary in the the mine. The frog is kind of like the canary in the mine, but in the environment. Uh And things are going wrong with our frogs. So there's some sort of fungal disease that's killing them. Uh-huh. So they went to the, they've, they've gone to citizen scientists and asked them to just download an app just called, simply called Frog ID. And it's really simple to use, really simple to use. And they just ask you to, no matter when, no matter how often, and no matter where you are, if you hear a frog, just open up your app. And it's very, like I said, it's easy to use and just record the recording of the frog or frogs and send it into them. And it's really great because then they get it, they verify the sound of the frog and what, what it is or if there's more than one variety. Mm-hmm. They send you back an email with all the information about the frogs that you were listening to um, and pictures and whatnot, and they keep you updated on what they're doing in their actual project. I think it's been running for three or four years now. But it's helping them to get a better idea of frog populations all the way across Australia and whether or not they're changing, what's happening with them. And um, I actually had one little frog die and they came and picked up his little body to take away to go and have a look at it. Wow. Yeah, I, look, I think it's fabulous, Brenda. I'm, I'm a big frog person. I've had frogs in my backyard and they've probably been there for 
eons, if you know what I mean, and uh, yeah. then they disappeared. And then, uh, I don't know, five or six months ago, I heard one croak up the back, and, um, and I thought, oh, maybe they're here again, but I haven't heard them yet. And now I've got this weather event where everything's – but I think they might be still hibernating. And, and if, I don't know if you heard Monica this morning. They've got a whiteout in Adamanibi already. It's um, – so they've had snow down there, so it's very cold. So if any self-respecting frog, I reckon, would st- still stay in their little burrow, where if they they go for the winter, um, I don't know. I don't know. But um, so it's uh, frog ID, is it? Is that that's an, called, that's an app, is it, it? Yeah, it's an app, and it, like it's free. It's just called Frog ID, and I've been already doing my recordings of my frog that lives. I, I, I found his hiding place. It took me a long time, mm. but I kept hearing him, and I kept recording and sending him in. And then one day I went outside, and I thought it, his sound is really reverberating well, and he must be doing something like. And I know they they're clever; they can hang around in downpipes and whatnot. <clears throat> well, my little frog, he found his way into my watering can and been living up the spout, so that when he did his call, it reverberated very well. Is he? Is he only a, a, a tiny one? Is he like a? a uh, what colour yeah, is he? Um, he's sort of mainly brown. He's got a, a few little markings on him. He's a Peroni tree frog. That was one of the ones the lady mentioned last week. He fit on the. He's smaller than the palm of your hand, definitely. He's, he's quite a small little frog. Oh yeah. Uh, look, I love frogs. Um, I'll have a look Me at that. Too. I, I don't know much about apps. Um, I try and keep away from my phone because I read something the other day where you end up looking at your phone for seventeen years of your life or something ridiculous. So, but but um, yeah, oh, I'm this just is worthwhile. Yeah, I'm just trying to make my backyard, um, you know, um, amenable to to frogs. And uh, there's two sorts of frogs in, well, that I've seen in my backyard. One's the little, um, the mid, uh, the dwarf uh, green tree frog, which is only as big as your thumbnail. Um, oh. He's beautiful, but I haven't seen. Again, we only found him once about a year, two years ago, and then he's disappeared. I don't know. And see, we have all these birds like kookaburras and currawongs and butcher birds. I can't stand them. You know, there's no balance in, in, in the native world anymore. We don't have any little birds. All we've got is these big birds, and they're carnivorous, you know, butcher birds and, and even magpies and currawongs and and kookaburras. They'll nab your lizards and your frogs just as soon as look at them. And apart from, apart from that, you know, and there's no cover in backyards. So in the suburbs are really under pressure, I reckon. Uh, it doesn't matter where your suburb is. The suburbs are under pressure because they're being infilled and there's no places for little frogs. And if I had me druthers, I'd rather have a frog for a neighbour myself. Anyway. Well, if, if anyone out there is interested and wants to, it's it's helping them with their project. Exactly. It's frog ID. Really worthwhile. Yeah, frog ID. Good on you, Brenda. And if you can't do it yourself, then get the grandkids involved. I will. They'll do it for I you. I will. Good on you, Brenda. Thanks for the Good tip. On. Cheers. Good on you. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Dr. Ross is on the line. Good morning, Dr. Ross. Morning, Mark. How are you going? I don't. You're up Excellent. the. You're up the top of the mountain. Is that? Would that be right? I'm up the top of the mountain this way. Oh yes. wow! Uh, big crowd. A very big crowd. Probably the biggest I've ever seen in thirty odd years. Wow! Even and, despite uh, the weather. Oh, look! You can't keep them away. It's quite amazing that even in spite of the fact that this place is an absolute quagmire, there are. The crowd's up the top of the hill already this morning and the race doesn't start till 11 something, uh, is enormous. I mean, it's as good as the start of a normal year. It's unbelievable. It should be a national day, I think, Bathurst. You, 
the, certainly the people who um, we had a call earlier this morning. I mean, earlier this morning, Mark is a Holden tragic, and he was bemoaning the fact that this is the last year of Holdens. I th- see. We just blithely say, "Oh, yeah, that's it. No more Holdens." Well, yeah, we, we just throw away our traditions, don't we? Here in Australia, we we have to make a new one now um, because that was. I mean, it didn't. You know, I wasn't a Holden tragic or indeed a Ford tragic, but I, I can see the, I can see the benefit of having something like that where we pit ourselves against one another, not in a nasty way, which seems to be happening more and more in Australia, but in a, in a friendly way. Ah, oh, you Holden, ah, oh, yeah, you Ford, and it's nice. But you know, we've we've ditched all that now, haven't we? Truly, it is a, a tragedy in its own right because. The friendly rivalry up the top of the hill has to be seen to be believed. I mean, you walk past in something blue and all the Holden, which are red, will gee you in a sort of friendly way. And likewise, if you're walking through red country and you're in blue or blue country and you're in red, it's the same. And (laughs) it's so friendly, this rivalry that has to be seen to be believed. But um, we're lucky. The weather's broken a bit today. Yesterday, 30-odd mills fell on the place. Uh, today, we're only expecting five. Um, last night, we had to sandbag our St John tent. Um, the rain, rain was just running through it, and we had to move our resuscitation gear to the police compound up uh-huh. here so that we had somewhere dry to resuscitate people. So it's, it's a different day. Uh, the mood is exceptionally good, and I hope that the rain holds off, at least for the start. Uh, Dr. Ross, if you want to give up the medical thing, you can be a reporter. You know, you're quite good at this. I'd, you know, I'd give you, I'd give, <laughs> I'd give you good marks for what you've just done there. Listen, uh, who was it? somebody rang from Dalesford? Who was rang from? Uh, who rang from Dalesford this morning? Kel, he said, "Oh, it's Danny. That's right, Danny, our t-shirt man." And he said it was one degree. What is it in Bathurst this morning? I'd say it's about four or five. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's it's not quite um, frigid, but it's it's cool. I mean, I've resorted to a beanie this morning, which I haven't done all weekend. Very attractive. I think a beanie on a man with a beard is very attractive, uh, Dr. Ross. I'd like to say so, but I'd be breaking with the truth. (laughs) Good on you, mate. Great to talk to you. We'll catch up soon, I hope. Yes, please. See you, mate. Keep well. Bye. Bye. Amita, is it Amita? Hi, Maka. How are you? Where are you, Amita? I'm really well. Well, we're actually on Lake Macquarie. We're, um, we stayed overnight on our catamaran on the lake, one of the few boats out, and it was thunderstorming last night. But at least it's not raining this morning, a bit windy. But the lake is very calm, so it's nice. It's nice. And what are you, what are you, are you on holidays or this, how you live? No, on we live here. We live on Lake Macquarie at a place called Summerland Point, beautiful part of the world. Mm. I live and work here and we have this cat, but we brought it out last night. We came out, my cousin and his wife are visiting from Perth and they'd come over for this fabulous event on Friday night that I'll tell you about. But um yeah, they hadn't seen our boat before, so we thought we'd come out and stay on the boat overnight. And look, the lake is, you know, it's beautiful being out, even though it's very cloudy and cold. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Um, didn't they say there's been a few bull sharks found in Lake Macquarie? <laughs> I think, yes, the odd shark here and there. And I think there's some footage of even a little baby white pointer at one point because, oh. you know, it was connected to the sea out through yeah, Swansea. Exactly. Um, yes, but we I've never seen a 
uh, shark here. <laughs> well, when you see one, you'll probably it'll bite you if you know what I mean. Yeah, you don't want to see right. one, do you? I don't. I don't want to see one in Lake Macquarie. No, no, no. I really like. There's some beautiful sandbars here that you can swim at, where it's like crystal clear water and. You know, on a sunny day, it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, I remember those sunny days. Can you tell me a bit about a sunny day? Because I, <laughs> I, I haven't yeah. seen one forever. You know what? You know yeah. what? I, you know what this is like to people who are living in New South Wales, especially, but in Queensland. I reckon it's like COVID. It's another pandemic, and <laughs> a pandemic of cold, rainy of rain, weather, of rain, and it seems days. to have been going on for a year and a half, for God's sake. Um, yes, Amita, yeah, yeah. it we does. Have it, the odd day of sunshine here, and then it's days of rain. And I think we got probably about forty millimeters yesterday. I think so. Hopefully, less today. Oh, weeds. The year of the weed, that's what I'm calling it, weeds. <laughs> if you've got a gardener, any, any gardener will tell you that that's, what's, that's what yes. happens, comes up in spades. Right. So now tell us quickly what was on on Friday. So it was this really special event marking 50 years of um, Indian refugees from Uganda arriving into Australia. So 1972 October... Uh, you know, Idi Amin in Uganda had expelled all the Indians saying, you've got three months to leave the country. So my parents came with three little children from Uganda to Australia. And at that time, Australia, as now, I guess, was taking people they needed, professions they needed. So they took teachers, they took doctors. And so we landed up in Australia with no money, nothing, at the Kuji Migrant Hostel, we were put up there and we were the first non-white refugees to arrive in Australia. Wow. Because it was the end of the White Australia policy just uh-huh. in 1972. And 50 years later, so we had this um, event at the National Maritime Museum and about 250 people turned up. Um, you know, people who'd arrived, um, some of them, like my parents, have passed away now, but their kids were there, their grandchildren, you know, with these fabulous stories and people, and we launched a book, we've published a book with people's stories of mm-hmm. how they left Uganda, what happened to them when they came to Australia. And I would say every single person would thank their lucky stars that they ended up in Australia and, you know, have made fabulous lives here and very grateful that we were accepted as refugees to come to Australia. Well, we're all, you're very grateful and I think we're, Australia's very grateful too to have lovely people here, uh, Amita. Um, the other thing yeah. is, I, while you're talking, um, we're hopefully, um, and we've embraced the idea of going to uh, bone Giller, or as uh, a migrant would call it, Bon Giller. Bone Giller. <laughs> um, it's like they talk Footscray. Footscray becomes Footscray, which is lovely. Yeah. Great. I love the way people from other countries, and you can tell, I can tell the way a German, somebody who used to be from Germany, the way they use Australian. And it's really, it's a lovely thing. It's, I love the mix of languages. But getting back to Bone Giller, they're having a 75 year, I think, in. Look, I'm not sure when. Sometime late November. That was a migrant hostel, and I think you know, three or four hundred thousand, ah. three or four hundred thousand people okay. went through um, Bone Gilla, and uh, mm. so we're going to go down there, probably do a, an outside broadcast there, and, and talk to people and all that sort of stuff. So, 
really exciting, yeah, because we ended up at the Coogee Migrant Hostel, which is no longer a hostel, mm. you know, I think it's housing commission flats or something. My mm. parents spent a year there and, you know, there was fabulous support from, um, like, the World Council of Churches and the Country Women's Association, the YWCA, you know, people were really welcoming Yeah, and um, made that sort of settling into a new country well, Easier. I think, I, you know, I'm sort of proud of Australia because I think Australians mostly are really nice people. Um, they're very welcoming and, and I just look at my family and they've been very welcoming to all sorts of people from all over the world and, and I think um, it's a great tribute to the way um, Australians mostly, I mean, there's a few rat bags, but yeah. there's rat bags everywhere. Um, but um, I don't know, there's something about, I, and I, think, I, I think it's that laconic sort of, g'day mate, how are you, sort of, I think that's that sort of attitude of Australians. In lots of ways, it's a, some people say oh, it's a bit awkward, but but in in lots of ways, it's just a really nice, laid back sort of um, accepting way of of meeting people. Um, and it is. There's a lot of acceptance, and um, it's that easygoing yeah. nature, like you said. And you know, if you work, you're sort of part of the community, and a lot of people like yeah, like I said, they were working, they were professionals. They got involved in community sports, in, you know, the cricket and the soccer and tennis and joined clubs and rotary and lions yeah. and things like that. So they became part yeah. of the communities. Yes. And, um, and yeah, a lot and, of and sport, and working. And, yeah, and yeah. sport's been good for that too. I mean, look I, look at the way Aussie rules as, as, um, as, as you know, enveloped all of the people who live in Victoria and especially in Melbourne and, and here in here in, um, yeah, in New South Wales you find a lot of cricket teams now with a lot of Indian who have migrated to Australia and, and they're yeah. all playing cricket, you know, and they're all spin bowlers and, and it's lovely. I think it's great stuff. Indeed. Yeah. Yep, so definitely a lucky country and for all of us, you know, we're incredibly grateful that we live in this country and i'm at a, a lovely to talk to you this morning steer clear of the um uh, bull sharks yeah the, bull, <laughs> the noah's arcs i was going to say yeah all right oh, good, okay. good all on right. you nice to talk to you thank you bye. bye bye yeah hello it's david pearson i was speaking to you a bit earlier all um, right from rotary near gyra uh, I heard you talking to my mate uh, Bear up not long back. You, yeah, you're the bloke. Yeah, I was wondering. I remembered I spoke to somebody from um, <laughs> about Gyra, and uh, when I was talking to David, then that was you, David. You're with Rotary, are you, David? That's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the Rotary Club of Gyra, but I'm also the national chairman of Rotary Australia World Community Service, uh-huh. which is the organisation that facilitates. Um, about 500 Rotary humanitarian service projects, both overseas and in Australia. There you go. There you go. Now, yeah. are you ringing, you ringing because you heard um, the lady from um, Candu? What what what's it called? Can oh, can assist. Can assist. Can assist. Yeah, can assist. yeah we yes, we recently went to a big uh, fundraiser in Gaia for can assist. They've been very active for many years. Yeah. But uh, I was reading because of the conversation you had with Danny about the T-shirts. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you might be interested in, um, you know, uh, supporting CWA, uh, perhaps, or Rotary or other organisations like Can Assist with mm. the funds that you raise from the T-shirts. Yeah. So I thought I'd put in a bid. Um, <laughs> a bid. <laughs> yeah, well, because, uh, uh, you know, well, we're, we're always... 
Whereas interested, you know, like uh, Dick and Pip Smith put uh, a considerable amount of money into our compassionate grants programs to help uh, Aussies doing it tough. Yeah. And we uh, we turned there. They actually gave us two million dollars, but with the assistance of all the Rotary clubs around the country, we turned that into six million dollars. Well, we won't so, raise anything like that. I don't think <laughs> with with our t-shirts, but it depends if yeah. they become popular. But and and look, I'd love to assist Rotary. But David, I'm just amazed, you know, when the lady from Can Assist rang, rang straight away, and uh, and I've had a, a thing from Lions, and there's so many yeah. groups out there doing stuff, and there's so much need out there, and you know, there's you know, kids on the street, and you know, there's how many, and there's just not enough money, and and yet we're when we read, you know, read the glossy magazine in the financial review, you think everyone's, you know, reeking of got gold dripping off them, you know, and and yeah. obviously there are people with gold dripping off them, but what do they do with their dough, and why are we sh- why are we short of money, and why can't um, uh, some bloke who's or lady suffering from cancer in in Burke afford the petrol to drive to Dubbo to um to get some treatment? I mean. I'm just I'm just boggled by this world we live in, mate. Um, so we do we do what we can, you know. We're a little dog and pony show here, and we do what we can. But uh, you must scratch your head sometimes. And somebody like Dick stands out like a beacon. And I'm, I'm sure oh, there's other absolutely. people that give money, but gee, I don't know. Yeah, I had a very similar conversation actually with Dick about that that very thing. You know, he, um, he's trying to convince some of his mates that uh, you know there's a lot of good and a lot of um, uh, enjoyment to be had out of, uh, you know, letting other people have the benefit of the funds that you've made during your lifetime. But, uh, but you know, we're still, uh, we're finalising, believe it or not, we're still finalising a few drought projects. We're, we're, we're uh, finishing up some bushfire projects and we're currently working in the Northern Rivers on flood projects. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of need out there, Macca. I know. Uh, I know the sun's shining in Gaira today, uh, but the floods in the, the creeks in flood down, down in the valley. So yeah, yeah, the creeks. When you listen, when I listen back to our um, uh, callers all the morning, you know, and and I think Fitz Fitz was telling me about can assist and stuff, and she said, you know, all the rivers out there, the rivers run a banker, and all the little creeks run a banker. So after a while, there's just a sheet of water right across the across the tundra for as far as the eye can see, you know, and, and we've just been up the Northern Rivers and I think Rotary were there doing... Did Rotary do breakfast up there, Kel? Or I think they did, didn't they? Rotary did a breakfast for... We always... When we do an outside broadcast, we get wrote... wrote or might have been Lions, sorry. Can I say that in the same breath as Rotary? Um, <laughs> oh, we've got a lot of respect for Lions. They're a great organisation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and it's like the Ford and Holden. It's 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 nice um, competition. It's friendly competition, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah. Unlike some yeah. of the other, as I said, some of the when I see some of the nastiness that goes on in in public life in Australia, um, I just uh, scratch my head. But look, David, I'll do what we can. But even if we gave some money, it would only be something like five or ten thousand dollars. But we'd like to do that if we can sell these um, t-shirts and stuff. We'll uh, we'll gladly give the money because um, I'm just amazed. You know, I I went through the you know uh, all those little towns up there like Broad Broadwater and and uh, Woodburn and uh, Wardell and Corakai and Lismore. And then you go to, over the border into Gympie and, and, you know, I sit here, we do this program, as you know, and so we necessarily talk to, you know, when they're having a, a bushfire or a flood or a drought or whatever, and you just see the need and I uh, scratch my head, Dave. But look, we'll keep in touch, David, and thanks for your call, mate. 
All right. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, anytime. All right, yeah. mate. Thanks, Good. Ian. Thanks, David. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.